I killed the internet. Well, if anyone's going to kill the internet, it's going to be me. Welcome to the Filmmaker's Toolkit Podcast. My name is Sarah Shackett, the Associate Craft Editor over at IndieWire, and I'm delighted to bring you a, a quick little treat of an episode. We had a chance to sit down with not one, but two of the incredible minds behind Better Call Saul, which is back for its final run of episodes uh, starting the week of the release of this podcast. Uh, it's Peter Gould and Vince Gilligan, the men, the myths, the legends of Albuquerque, New Mexico. They are here to talk kind of in, in in general terms. This is more of a look back at the making of season six and sort of the challenges that they had to land the plane, uh, to finish out and, and sort of their philosophy that they've had going back all the way to 2008 when they started Breaking Bad, which is an insane amount of time ago. Uh, I will note that Vince Gilligan's internet uh, was playing havoc with all of us, so he sounds a little bit muted, um, and he was an incredible trooper for for continuing to talk through an absolutely bum internet connection, so we appreciate your patience there. Uh, really think you're going to enjoy what he has to say and what Peter Gould has to say about Better Call Saul, so let's get to it. And I kind of wanted to start sort of zooming out to the whole of season six. Y'all are kind of famous for using the whole buffalo and sort of going back to things that have happened in previous seasons and trying to find a significance or find a way to bring them forward in a really impactful way. And I mean, this is this is like the last buffalo. This is this is the last time you guys got to got to go back and do that. So, Peter, especially I'm curious, um, did season six being the last season change your approach at all? Did did you guys sort of extend that process at all? I'm, I'm curious how you approach like it being the landing. Yeah, that's mostly with fear and trepidation uh, about the, about the, the landing and how 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 to how to tie it all up. I mean, one of the, the fun things about uh, breaking previous seasons was, you know, most of the seasons ended with some kind of big change in the show. Uh, you know, you'd see what happened with Chuck or, or, there's, or what happened at the uh, Lalo, Lalo surviving a hail of bullets in season five. And uh, so it, it, there's always, it's, we're always saying, hey, keep watching. Is this what's going to happen next? Here we have to do something a little bit different. And I really like the way you put the buffalo. That's something I, I feel like I learned from Vince uh, very much, which is to, to instead of always looking forward to what you think sh- you want to have happen, look back and try to understand the show that you've already got. And uh, I, the, one of the things is we have more buffalo than ever because, you know, we have, uh, you know, now we had 50 episodes, 50, 50 episodes of buffalo before this to think about, to consider, to try to understand and be consistent with. And then also because now we have a, you know, there's there's a there's there's also you know the question of what happens with Gene, and that was that was a big question. And then also there's the uh, aspects which start touching Breaking Bad, and there's a whole other buffalo. So we had a we had a a lot of buffalo, uh, Vince. How did how do you how do you feel about all the buffalo, Vince? No, I, I, I that that was a great answer. I mean, it's it's uh, then you know you then you. Uh, uh, in addition, you look at uh, where you are as you're as you're coming as you're running out of runway, 
uh, as you're as you're trying to stick the landing and you're running out of runway, and we we had this feeling with uh, Breaking Bad as well, where you say to yourself, uh, "What are we missing? Is there anything we haven't done yet?" And and that that adds to the terror because uh, you spend a lot of time saying to yourself, uh, "You know, are we leaving any loose ends? Please, <laughs> please let us not forget any loose ends here." And, that was my fear on Breaking Bad is to wake up a week later or a month later after the final episode and say, oh, my God, what about we forgot all about thus and so. And so it's uh, yeah, it's it's, you know, sticking the landing in, in part means uh, leaving the audience wanting a little bit more, but uh, but leaving them satisfied nonetheless and definitely not leaving them thinking, oh, my God, they forgot all about this aspect they forgot all about that character that that would be a nightmare i'm curious vince like i'm sure you've been asked this before but especially coming in as as saul is starting to intersect a little bit more with breaking bad i I imagine it would either be like harder or easier or just weirder to sort of come in not with all of the context of being a showrunner to direct episodes because you're not exactly a hired gun you know these characters very well uh, but what is it like to sort of come in to do like one or two episodes a season and sort of see how things are, are progressing and, and, you know, how does that change um, how you approach directing? It was, it was, it was kind of wonderful. I had that experience more the last couple of seasons when I had, when I was less involved this final season, uh, I was lucky to get to be back in the writer's room because I had nothing else going on in my life. And I, <laughs> I thought, and, I thought and it wasn't that Peter and the writers needed me because they they uh, they absolutely did not. Although I did beg. I think I begged. I think I might have said, please, no. please come back. We really want you back <laughs> no, for the no. final season. No, Peter Peter was very polite about, yeah, sure, come on back. That'll, that'll, that'll be great. <laughs> and, and, um, Somewhere in between those two, maybe. About. So somewhere between those two, but 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 uh, uh, the experience you're talking about, Sarah, is is the one I had in uh, you know in in season in season five and then in season four when I would come in and direct an episode, uh, and it was it could have been a terrible experience if it weren't for Peter and these wonderful writers doing such a tremendously outstanding job. But yes, the experience, as you hinted at, is is one where you. You show up and you might not necessarily know, you might not be up to date. I wasn't necessarily up to date on exactly where things were uh, as much as I should have been. And that was on me. That wasn't on anybody else because all of this stuff was being shared with me, uh, except that I was uh, I was not necessarily on top of things, uh, up to date with scripts and stuff like I necessarily should have been. But, you know, you, you, you in the weeks leading up to directing an episode, I would, I would, uh, you know, find out. I, I would, I would catch up, uh, and and when I did, I would say, "Oh my God, that's great! Oh, this is great! I love where they're going with this. This is fantastic!" I, I was delighted. It was a feeling akin to what Brian Cranston used to say uh, when he would be interviewed. He'd say, "You know, people would uh, interviewer would say, do you know where this is going? Do you, do you, you know?'" And he would say, "No, we're just delighted to read." You know, every new script that comes over the transom, we're, we're, we're really excited about where things are going. I used to be flattered by his description of it on Breaking Bad, and then I got to live it for myself. I got to have the same experience uh, in seasons four and five in particular, where 
a new script would come in and I'd read it. Uh, or, or, or in fact, uh, there was a while there, I wasn't even reading the scripts. I would just show up at the sound mix and watch the episode, an episode I, I hate to say a few times, I did not know what was gonna happen. And I was there ostensibly to give notes on the, on the, on the sound mix. And I'd forget all about giving notes and just sit there and enjoy it as a fan. And then afterward, have very little to say about the sound, but but instead take up everybody's time by saying, "Oh man, that thing you did in the in the second act, oh that was awesome," you know. Peter and the writers, and Peter and his writers are just killing it, and they always have. And they the show actually got better uh, after uh, after it left, which is kind of maddening but kind of wonderful too. It was it was you know it was always a little bit concerning. To, to have a to have a script that Vince hadn't read and to have him read a script and you know is he going to approve of where we've taken the the story or the character so it was very it was uh, wonderful when when Vince liked what we did and uh, there was I remember there was one particular mix where Nacho is um, Nacho slipping pills uh, into into Hector's he has to drop a pill pills into Hector's pocket. And I'm sitting in the mix and Vince leans forward, really leans way forward. And I, at the time I thought oh, he heard something that he doesn't like, or there's some, there's a cut that he didn't like, or there's something, something's off. But, and then, and then afterwards you said, uh, Vince, you said that you, it was the suspense that was driving you crazy, but I, I was reading your body language. Absolutely, absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to ask y'all about is the show is, evolved so beautifully over over the years and given us so many different flavors of suspense but y'all have also been shooting in albuquerque for a really long time now and i'm curious for for both of your thoughts about how how you've seen that city change how you photographed it differently and kind of have there have opportunities opened up as kind of the film industry has been built up a little bit there as you guys have shot there it's hard to even remember a time when albuquerque didn't welcome us with open arms. And and in fact, going back to the earliest days of Breaking Bad, they just been wonderful to us. And uh, and a big part of that, I have to say, I want to give a shout out to Christian Diaz de Bedoya, who is our location manager uh, on both shows. Uh, in the earliest days of Breaking Bad, he wasn't there, but then he showed up later. Uh, and then he was our location manager all through Saul. Uh, this is a guy who people love. And for rightly so, for very good reasons. It, he he is he and his uh, crew of location scouts and 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 the other folks in his department. They bend over backwards to make homeowners happy. You know, if we rent somebody's house to shoot in, he makes sure that everybody that the experience everybody has when we descend upon them and shoot in their house or their place of business or whatever. He he makes sure that everyone is very happy. And he is he was a big secret weapon for us in terms of keeping Albuquerque, uh, the folks, you know, the, the citizens of Albuquerque happy to have us as their guests. Uh, the other, uh, just to touch on it quickly, the other aspect that's worth mentioning uh, is just how Albuquerque itself has become a, a filmmaking mecca. Uh, you know, when Vince, when Vince shot the pilot of Breaking Bad, I believe you shot in a warehouse, Yeah. Uh, in a warehouse not far from HHM, uh, from from where Howard Hamlin's office is, and then of course we moved to Q Studios, which was I think we were the first show into that studio, and now Q Studios is a giant 
is a giant building site. They're they're adding more and more stages. Um, a lot of big movies moving in. I think there are other studios opening up, and uh, you can tell also because the uh, you know the the talent pool. I think especially on the acting side has gotten really deep. I mean, there are a lot of really wonderful actors who are who are uh, working in Albuquerque, and of course, uh, our crew, which is the best crew anywhere. That's awesome. It you know it feels like the the camera work on this series has always been beautiful, um, but you've you've been able to evolve it and to, to sort of take it in different directions. I think about that like one or in 607 through the UNM campus um, that feels very different from from something that Breaking Bad would do. So I'm curious if y'all, you know, are you just thinking about sort of what the best visual references for the characters are? Or? I want to hear Peter's take on this. I, I would start by saying uh, I do recall having meetings with Peter at the beginning of, of Better Call Saul about how should we differentiate the look of 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 Saul versus better uh, of Saul versus Breaking Bad, and I think one of the first ideas we had was to not use the steady handheld look that Breaking Bad uh, that was kind of a visual idiom of Breaking Bad. I think we decided let's let's you know do things a little more classical style. Have have the camera on a tripod or on a dolly for for most shots, but uh, Peter had came in with a, as I recall it a, a kind of a lookbook for the show. Do you, Peter, do you want to talk about that? Some photos that you wanted to show our, uh, our DP? Yeah, that was really, that was, that was where we started, Sarah. We, we had a, we talked about, I think the big thing is what Vince just said, which is that we, um, we tried to make, decided to make the camera a little bit more stable than it was on Breaking, Breaking Bad. It was very influenced by, uh, I think when Vince directed the pilot and he directed the pilot of both shows, uh, when he directed the pilot of Breaking Bad, uh, one of the touchstones was the French Connection, and on this this show, <laughs> we had we had a lot of touchstones. Uh, we kept on looking at uh, the uh, Bertolucci movie, The Conformist. Uh, a lot of pictures from that, but but a lot of other a lot of other a lot of other movies too. And it was just sort of it's not so much to establish. It's it's something you want to be cautious about because I I don't believe in establishing, uh, you know incredibly firm rules because part of the goal is to have the look or the feel of the show evolve just like you said and 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 to uh to kind of have have each of the directors and each of the dps and each of the camera operators and production designers make a contribution rather than feeling that they're uh they're being you know confined by a set of rules but i think what what's successful to me is that the look rather than revolutionizing each season and it didn't it doesn't switch radically but it does it evolves and it works for this show because it's a show about people evolving so that's and you know of course we had uh you know we've had you know three amazing dps on on better call saul we had uh yeah we started out with arthur albert for the first two seasons then marshall adams came in and he Marshall's a very different DP from Arthur. They're both they're both great and just have a have different different uh, focuses. Different, just their their material looks different. And this season we added uh, Paul Donaghy, who's our who is our A camera operator for uh, for four seasons. Uh, as it, added him as a full time DP, alternated with Marshall. And they all, and also the camera operators, we had great ones. They all have they all have great ideas, and so do the directors. And so. Uh, what's fun is to look back, 
It's a little bit like what we do on the story is to look back at what we've done before and try to learn from it. Uh, and that's that's stood us in good stead so far. Amazing. Um, that, that brings up something I wanted to ask you about. One of the remarkable things that I've noticed about the series is is that it seems like there's this great culture of mentorship on the show. And I'm curious, is that just something that can kind of happen when you run for a long time? Is that something you guys think about as like a, a source of ideas is all these people who are, are deeply read into the material? I'm curious how you guys think about that. <laughs> I, I don't remember ever, uh, Sarah, I don't remember ever giving it a lot of thought in advance. Uh, we just, we were blessed with a lot of really wonderful people uh, from the assistant level on upward. And a big part of the reason for that, by the way, is uh, I, I would give credit to two individuals, Melissa Bernstein uh, and Diane Mercer. Melissa, I actually knew Melissa when she was an assistant to Mark Johnson way back when, and Mark uh, allowed her to come work uh, for us on, on on Breaking Bad at, at the, in its very earliest days. Actually, Melissa and I uh, were the two people in the room when Brian Cranston first walked in. So she worked her way up uh, and, and is our absolute, she's our star producer. She, the, the show, like this show and Breaking Bad wouldn't have gotten done without Melissa Bernstein. And then Diane Mercer is our post-producer. She's in charge of all things post-production and she is the most squared away and detail-oriented and obsessive uh, in the best possible way, a uh, human being I've ever met. She and Melissa are just top shelf, top notch. I don't know how we do the show without them. I, it, I, I don't even want to imagine it. But they extended that level of detail and, and TLC into hiring assistants. So, so, have a, so I guess the point I'm trying to make is because of Diane and because of Melissa, we had all these absolutely stellar young people working with us that, that these two producers had found for us. And these people uh, like Jim Carroll, for instance, and Gordon Smith, uh, just to, to name two, these are folks that, uh, you know, as I recall, Melissa and Diane found for us as assistants and they just, they're fantastic human beings and wonderfully talented, wonderfully smart. And so there was never, my long-winded answer, long long story short, that was never a thought on my part about, gee, we should do this thing because it's the right thing to do or whatever. I, I'd love to give myself credit for that, but just we had these amazing people around us who were who were ready and able to take on more and more responsibility, and so we gave it to them. I think that was the perfect perfect answer, Vince. Uh, it, it, and also the other thing is, it's there's a lot of self interest involved because. Uh, when you have smart, brilliant people working with you, it just elevates everybody's game and makes it makes a better show and makes makes our jobs that much easier. Amazing. One thing that I uh, have loved about about sort of is how open you are to doing weird stuff and post and seeing if it sticks. Um, and so I'm curious if there were any like uh, fun experiments in terms of like swapping in music or or a cold open or or something uh for season six uh that you guys were maybe not sure about but then found in post uh really worked and really sung 
I don't, I don't think, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I'd say there's, there's look post-production is the uh, final rewrite of, of the, uh, of the episode. There's just no question. Uh, and, and you know, there's, there are a lot of changes big and small that we make in post. Uh, probably the most common change we make is to omit dialogue. Uh, there's, there's, uh, and I, even after all this time, we find that there's often dialogue that we just don't need because our actors are so wonderful and they, they're communicating so much without the dialogue. Uh, musically, you know, there's, there's a couple of different kinds of scenes. Sometimes uh, when we have a, a montage or a, uh, uh, or a scene that, that's, that's asking for music, uh, actually, sometimes we don't even know it. Sometimes, oftentimes, we'll do a spotting session and Thomas Golbovic, who's our brilliant music supervisor, or Dave Porter, who's our composer, um, will we'll say, I think there should be music here. And oftentimes, I haven't even thought of putting music in that spot. And, you know, it's, it's the, the great thing about, about th- th- that work in post is that you can try something and see if it works. You can try running a, running a sequence backwards. You can try using a split screen. You can try, you can try lots of things. Uh, you can try adding color to black and white. There's, there's just a lot of options. And uh, it's a great moment for uh, experimenting because you also, at that point, know what the episode is. You, the, the, the episode is kind of birthed and you've seen it and you, you can, the, the goal is to make it more of what it is already instead of, instead of trying to turn it into something else. Uh, th- those, are, those are, and you know, of course, you know, we use all kinds of tricks to get, to get where we want to be. Uh, one of the things that we've used a lot on this show uh, are split screens. There's a lot of times when we'll... Um, you know, we'll use part of one take and then part of another take and, and join them together using a split screen, whether it's for timing or, uh, or performance or, or something else like that. And that's something we didn't do a lot of on Breaking Bad. And part of the reason is something that we referred to earlier, which was Breaking Bad was primarily handheld. And this show is primarily, uh, well, camera is, is moving smoothly <laughs> if it's moving. Um, and that makes it a lot easier to do things like split screens, and so it's a, it's another arrow in our quiver. Uh, yeah, but it's it's a, you know it's a constant uh, process of discovery, and a lot of it is is honing things and simplifying things. There are a lot of things that uh, I felt that I needed in a script that once once I actually see it on screen, I, and I boy I wish I had better. I wish I could see this more ahead of time because we could. Uh, we could make things much more simple, but sometimes you just have to see it and put it together to know uh, that there's there's one extra element that you don't need. I was not in the editing room as much as I thought I would be, you know. But watching it from a distance, so to speak, the, the I would say the, the the best thing about I thought it was great having two additional editors, Joey Reinish and Joey Lou, uh, both of them editing along with. Uh, uh, Skip McDonald and Chris McCaleb. We just have a murderer's row of editors. These these uh, these four gentlemen, who uh, uh, two of them who are, you know, kind of at the beginning of beginnings of their careers, uh, but uh, just all four of them just just killed it. But I, I think I think uh, that was my favorite thing about uh, the editing of this season is, is getting to work with uh, Joey, uh, the two Joeys, Joey Lou and Joey Reinish. You know, we've known both Joeys for a long time. Joey Reinish has been Skip's assistant for a while, but uh, Joey Lou was originally way back in Breaking Bad. He was actually Melissa Bernstein's assistant in Albuquerque, 
and then he became my assistant on this show, and then he left us for uh, left us for a little while, and then came back as an editor. And uh, it's it's there's nothing better than to to watch someone's career blossom, like like Vince said. Peter, the last time that you were uh, talking to my my colleague Crystal Fault, you were talking about the beginning of you know forming a picture for how the show is going to land and where where we were going to leave uh, leave Jimmy. And I'm curious to sort of dig into that a little bit more. Was that picture something that that sort of came together with with Jimmy and Kim's con in the the early part of the season? Is it something that we haven't seen yet? Is what sort of what has helped solidify uh, the ending of the show for you? Well, I, I have to say there's so much that you haven't seen. Uh, I, I, I am so proud and excited for people to see uh, these last six episodes. I think this season contains the best, maybe the best run of work we've ever done. Um, you know, as for, you know, when I said the, the fog cleared in season five, uh, it's still, still there was, you know, still there was a lot to do. We had a vague image of where we, where we thought we were going, but you know, you're, we're always willing to change it. And that's, that's something I learned from Vince on Breaking Bad is that he, he was always willing to discard one idea for a better idea or uh, one idea for an idea that what made it better would oftentimes was that the char- it came from uh, the ideas came from the characters not from not from the writers. Uh, it's, it's oftentimes the most interesting things are to see how characters solve their own problems, and that's uh, that's that's been the most fun kind of writing for me on both shows. But you also get to follow up with consequences in a really wonderful way. They have their schemes, and then you're like, "But actually, that's true." And then they have to deal with the consequences of their own actions. That's absolutely you're absolutely right, Sarah. So it's uh, yeah. As for as for um, ending the show. I think it's a it's a I think it's a great ending, but I I don't know. We'll be inter- I'll be interested to see what the rest of the world thinks. I, and I get being nervous because God knows uh, I was nervous at the end of Breaking Bad. But Peter Peter absolutely did stick the landing, and uh, I, I I can't tell you how excited I am uh, for people to see the, the the final episode, the final run of episodes, and in particular the final episode. I think Peter did a wonderful job writing and directing it. I think people are going to be very, very excited and find themselves very fulfilled. Amazing. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for for hanging out. This was an absolute delight. 